WBNE. Hello and welcome to episode 117, all about The Hobbit, The Desolation of Smaug, part 5, being the 117th part of That's What I'm Talking About. My name is Mary Clay. If that's too complicated for you, just call me MC. And today I'm joined by Justin Jordan of the Adventurers Guild, also known as Freddy's roommate on TikTok. Welcome, Justin. Oh my gosh. Is this the part where the band comes in and it's like, and then I sit on the couch and then we like do it like a hug. Oh, wait, yes. it's a handshake. Oh, wait, no, it's a, okay. And then we it's sit a, down on that, the couch. That's exactly, yeah, <laughs> listeners can't see. That's actually exactly what is happening right now. <laughs> Um, we oh, are not. Please add that. <laughs> we are not recording virtual. Virtually, we are actually in person. We're sitting on my couch. Um, yeah, yeah. Wel- <laughs> welcome to the live studio audience. They're very quiet today. That's really weird. Oh, They're not yeah. usually that quiet. <laughs> oh, I have a question. If your yes. podcast had a studio band, who would it be and why? See, I know. Well, I feel like I feel like if I want it to fit the theme of, you know, Lord of the Rings and Tolkien, I feel like it would it would need to be like a very folk folksy band, you know. Oh, come on. Very (laughs) like very acoustic and um, lots of like natural sounds. Um, can I just have like Howard Shore, a full, oh, <laughs> an orchestra, <laughs> an orchestra being fully uh, conducted by Howard Shore? That's what I want. Uh, That's what I want. It to would be, be amazing to do the live studio band. <laughs> oh, good luck getting all those orchestra members on the stage, but I would like to see it. That would be amazing. Yeah. Howard Shore, if you're out there, oh, please come score my podcast. Hey, you have clout now. I do work. No, I don't. I don't have clout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Justin, thank you so much for coming on. Um, in our messages, you were very excited and enthusiastic. Um, so why don't you tell me a little bit about your Lord of the Rings kind of Tolkien journey and how you got into that? Okay. So when I was a kid, my mom and dad, like, I, I love movies. So I love going to see movies. I love going to blockbusters, the experience. And one day, my parents, who know nothing about Lord of the Rings, nothing about The Hobbit, nothing about fantasy at all, they came home with the two towers. And that was, like, in, like, third or fourth grade. And so it's, like, the two towers is scary. But it was, like, scary enough to be, like, oh, this is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, like, oh, wait, what? You know? But the thing is, I when my parents said, oh, we're watching Lord of the Rings, I thought that was it. Like, wow, just that was that one movie. movie. <laughs> yeah, that just picks that up one. in the middle of the story. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, that was pretty good. I wonder if they'll ever get to that mountain or something. Oh, well, oop, you know? And I did not watch uh, Fellowship or... Um, Return of the King till way later, like in high school. And I was like, there's more? Wait, what? But Are wait. you kidding? Yeah, there's more. <laughs> yeah, so uh, t- Two Towers has a super special place in my heart because it was the first Lord of the Rings movie I've ever seen. And I think it's objectively the best. Please don't cancel me, but I, I loved <laughs> it so much. So 
No, it's a it's a good one for sure, for sure. That's so funny that like <laughs> little Justin <laughs> watching Two Towers, which picks up like with Frodo and Sam just by themselves, and then all of a sudden Gollum is there, and and uh, Aragorn and Gimli and Legolas are chasing after someone that you don't know yet and <laughs> yeah i had no idea like i thought the um i'm sorry that's my dog walking around that's okay <laughs> um but that was it was weird because that was i guess all i need to know about schmeagle all the like schmeagle was one of the best parts of the movie for me and the only part that i didn't get as a kid was like why are there two other hobbits not a part of the journey <laughs> Who? Wait, what? Who are Why? these kids? Yeah, who are these yeah, people? Like, what are they doing and, here? <laughs> and then trees are talking. Ugh, boring. Yeah, you know? if you haven't, if you like hadn't ever had any idea of Lord of the Rings on a grander scheme or like known anything from the books about like the Ents and everything, which have a much bigger part in the Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. books, um, watching Two Towers where like it's like every... It, they pop in for like one, a one minute scene, like every four, <laughs> 40 minutes. And, oh. Yeah. And it's like so and it's like so it makes me it made me so sad because Treebeard and the Ints and everything were some of my favorite parts of reading Two Towers. And so I was like, all right, can't wait to see this in the movie. <laughs> and then it was like chopped down insanely. And so like coming from a perspective of like you have no other idea of like what this is based on being like, what are why are there these walking trees like <laughs> How do they connect here? Did not compute whatsoever. And so when I watched the other two films, it was like, I don't know, adult, but like a, a kid with more numbers on me. But I was like, wow, oh, this makes so much more sense. But when I watched the third and the first movie, um, that was when my love of Dungeons and Dragons kind of like ignited as well. And because I had a friend in college, we were like debating for some reason, like, they were like, Legolas is the best character. He would be the best D&D character, hands down. Like, I was like, well, Gimli's there. And prior to that moment, like, I didn't care that much about Gimli or dwarves in general. They're like, no, Gimli's trash. He's the worst. I was like, that's so mean. I know, right? Okay, first of all, Gimli was going toe-to-toe with Legolas. And I'm like, oh, Legolas did the elephant stuff. And I was like, forget the elephant stuff. Gimli was right there beside him, taking out a lot of orcs, not as much as Legus. Like, you know what I mean? But, like, he is just as useful to the group. And I felt so disrespected. But <laughs> I took it personally. I was like, how dare you talk Shire. about Gimli? I love dwarves ever since that moment. And when the Hobbit came out, well, when the Hobbit films came out, Dwarf City, baby. Yeah, I'm ready yeah, to it's go. all dwarves all the time. Yeah, so tell me, so now tell me, what are your general, like, overarching thoughts and opinions about the Hobbit movies? Well, I agree with most people that it should be two movies. And it was designed to be two movies. I get that. But at the same time, there are so many good moments in the films that people, like, kind of for, forget about. What rewatching The Desolation of Smog, I was blown away of how rewatchable it is you know because i don't know about you but i can't like plug in lord of the rings anytime i want i have to like emotionally prepare myself to watch lord of the rings you know that is true i was kind of thinking 
similarly about that, just having like recent thoughts, like with Lord of the Rings, I feel like it's more of a commitment of like, Mm -hmm. these are good movies. So like, I need to make this like a a cozy movie night. I need to like put on comfy pajamas and have a, a blanket and some popcorn and candy and like I need to make an evening of it and give it all the time and energy it's worth whereas with the Hobbit movies you can just put them on whenever yeah you know and just enjoy them at face value (laughs) yes and when you enjoy them on that level of like not like I'm not like Lord of the Rings is like uh, I don't know like marriage material you gotta like commit yeah, like it is. the Hobbit's here for a good time, not a long time. You know what I mean? And yeah, the Hobbit trilogy is like the boyfriend that you date before you <laughs> meet the boyfriend who will be your husband. <laughs> exactly. So when rewatching it and coming at it through that lens of like, oh, this doesn't have to be a marriage material. This is just a good time. And I think it falls short. Those movies fall short when it tries to be Lord of the Rings or Mm -hmm. tries to tie into Lord of the Rings. When The Hobbit is about itself, it's really good. When it's about a relationship between like Thorin, um, Bilbo, and like, I think, what was the old dwarf's name? Hold on. What was his name? Balin. Uh, Balin. It's good. Like that relationship, those lines are good. The delivery is good. Everything about that's amazing. And when like, when Thorin's telling off the elf king, I was like, you tell him you tell him <laughs> i was like i was so hyped but then we get to gandalf trying to like uh figure out something with the necromancer i'm like right what is this ha-? yeah <laughs> right like, what does this have to do with the essential questions of this film or the essential themes of this film but when it's about that it's really good you know yeah I totally yeah I totally agree so I'm gonna warn you it's funny because like I have to remind myself when I first when I did like my first watch through and I had like a week uh, a weekend where I watched all the movies I was like these aren't that bad they're definitely like I can see why people very much dislike them but they're really not that bad and I think they're mostly enjoyable the problem is that when I get down to the level that I'm doing right now where I'm talking Mm. about it in these like, you know, 40, you know, 30 minute segments and I'm looking at every detail. That's when I find myself getting a lot more critical. And when I'm editing, I'm like, wow, it sounds like I really, really hate these things. (laughs) And like, I really don't hate them. Uh, They just don't, I think, hold up on this like small details level in the same way that the Lord of the Rings movies did. Really? Really? Yeah. Oh, y- you'll you'll hear. So I want to warn uh, you <laughs> as we're because okay. we're going to be talking. You're going to be like, I thought she said she liked these. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine. It's just that like when I, I, re- I rewatched it twice. And when I took a critical eye to it, I was like, wow, this connects to that. This connects to this. Oh, wait, what about this, that, and the other? And I was like, this is, it enhanced my reading of the material when I took a critical look at it, you know? Well, I'm glad that we have our, both of our point of views then. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, no. Is this a feud? Oh, no. No, no, it's not a feud. (laughs) I don't think Mm. I've ever had anyone on who I would feud with. (laughs) Inside the mountain, Bilbo continues running for his life as Smaug declares that nothing can kill him. Cut to Bard holding the black arrow that will kill him. However, Lake Town PD shows up to arrest him for literally no reason other than just cuz. 
Defund Lake Town PD! Bane takes the arrow and hides it while his dad taps into his Will Turner moves to escape, only to be thwarted by the literal worst character ever, Alfred. At the mountain, Balin and Thorin discuss whether to go in and help, but Thorin's already turning over to the dark side without even stepping foot near the treasure, so that doesn't bode well. Smaug warns Bilbo about the corruption of the Arkenstone, and Loki isn't lying when he tells him that Thorin was just using Bilbo to get it back and that there is nothing to gain here. Like, I know he's the villain, but I'm sort of on Smaug's side here. Bilbo sees a missing scale on Smaug, now knowing that it's possible to kill him after all. But the movie's getting a Bit long now and we need to leave plenty of time for the actual desolation of Smaug, so he moves to attack Bilbo right as he puts the ring on and disappears. Meanwhile, on his own mission, Bofur has found the King's Foil and they're ready to heal Keeley, when suddenly orcs attack! Having tracked the dwarves to Lake Town, the orcs attack Bard's house hoping that Thorin will be there. Suddenly, Legolas and Tariel swoop in to save the day, and after some law of physics defying Legolas moves, and of course, a decapitation, the orcs run off having not found Thorin. We, uh go back to the mountain where Bilbo and Smaug are having their conversation together and I love how Smaug kind of like there's this one part where he like floats down and like glides down effortlessly and just the way that they paid so much attention and care to Smaug is just it really does pay off in these moments where we're with Smaug like one-on-one -on -one with Bilbo I would say as opposed to in some of the later scenes especially when the dwarves come in and they go into that battle sequence some things kind of I felt like fell by the wayside but like right now he's really good really like because you know what's weird is that like lord of the rings is like the arch text of all D, &D. Mm -hmm. so i couldn't help but look at it through that lens of like oh this is where it came from this is like this is an ancient red dragon this is smog is in a lot of ways the dragon that's mm -hmm. a lot of like i feel like a yes. lot of D, D people are based on or based their idea of a dragon so that being said they did a really good job portraying that. I loved it. Yeah. Also, fun fact, Smaug is one of the regular rankers in the richest fictional characters by Forbes. According to Michael <laughs> Noor, no Nor, writer for Forbes magazine, Smaug is the wealthiest fictional character mm -hmm. with a treasure having a calculated value of over $62 billion. What do you think he spends it on? Who, Smaug? He doesn't spend it on yeah. anything. That's the whole thing. He doesn't want to... He would never spend it on anything. He's very much equivalent to... I'm sorry, listeners, the amount of times I bring up Jeff Bezos, but like... <laughs> <gasps> oh my gosh, you better... Jeff he is, would be. can come into this podcast right now and teach you a lesson. I'm scared. I Don't say I would, the name I three times. I would love that because then that would... I think <laughs> I think my podcast would gain a lot of traction then if that were to Really? Happen. Oh no. <laughs> if Jeff oh Bezos gosh. came in... And it was like, I'm having an open feud, a public feud with this <laughs> random girl <laughs> hosting a Lord of the Rings podcast who says that I'm just like Smaug in that I hoard my money. <laughs> I mean, you're not I'm not wrong. wrong. Okay, so for the sake of the question, though, what would Smaug spend the money on if he actually would spend any money? Um... I don't know what what did you I don't know. Uh I, I I feel like maybe he would get some No, I was going to say maybe like I was for some reason I was thinking like a luxurious like spa like built into the mountain Ooh, adds some, like okay. amenities amenities to the mountain. I think that's what he, he would like spend money on making Erebor into like his own like, hi, MTV, welcome to my crib, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I can see it. I can see it. 
What do you think he would huh. spend it on? Oh, I think oh, oh, I think there's a funny answer, and then there's like the the realistic answer if he had to spend his money. Oh, realistic answer would probably be he would buy an army. I feel like Smog would buy an army because like if I'm playing Smog as a D&D character, you don't go straight to the dragon first. You have some minions. You have a little like people to go do tasks for you. Maybe you can like maybe give away the armor that you never use Smog. Like what are you doing Smog? You're not going to use all that armor yeah. and dwarven weapons. It doesn't weapons. even fit him. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> the funny answer is, what if he like spent it on like a portrait of himself? <laughs> I feel like it's very. Well, small. okay. Well, there is that moment uh, in like the previous section where you know Bilbo's trying to like flatter him and stall so that he doesn't get eaten. exactly. And he's like, "I wanted to look upon your magnificence," and then Smaug like stands back and like stretches to his fullest. <laughs> and it was also totally a moment of like the the designers of Smaug kind of like showing off and being like, look at this moment where we're going to brag on ourselves. Like this is the mm-hmm. coolest thing we've done since we did Gollum in the late 1990s. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I like that scene because it just shows his hubris. Of, yeah. Like, and that's what kind of almost kills Smaug is his hubris. Yeah. So I appreciated it. As Bilbo's kind of like, he's walking around the treasure trying to get the Arkenstone, but very sneakily getting it because it keeps getting knocked around. And Smaug is saying, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the... There is no king under the mountain. I'm the king under the mountain. No blade can pierce me. And an immediate cut to <laughs> yeah. And like, even though it's a little bit corny, I thought I loved it. And I was like, I appreciate this moment for what it is. It was cut I to Bard, like popping out around the corner with the um, black. I say black arrow. It's like a harpoon. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's a spear. Yeah. It's not an arrow. <laughs> Compared to like human size, it's like as tall as his son. Are you I kidding know. me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, I, I liked that moment. I'm sure a lot of people were like, that was dumb or whatever. I like that moment of no blade can pierce me. <laughs> and then it's just barred in the arrow. <laughs> so you know what bugs me though? I'm, I'm probably not the first person to complain. My one complaint about this movie is that his name is Bard, but he's an archer. Like, like what? Oh, it like, it like blinds my gears, you know? Well, that I mean, that's his... I, I mean, <laughs> not to be that person, but like, that's his name in the book. That's I just know. how he is. <laughs> it's just like, uh, it just, it like hurts my like little D&D heart every time I hear him like, hey, Bard, and he doesn't like do any Bardic any things. Any Barding, at all. yeah. <laughs> He's quite, yeah, kind of the opposite of it, actually. Yeah. Exactly. Especially even more so in the book, because in the the book, he doesn't have his kids or anything. He's just this one-off character who shows up, and we have no backstory about him other than, like, everyone in the village thinks he's this, like, doomsday naysayer person who's always, Mm -hmm. like talking about this prophecy and it's like one day the dragon's gonna come back and we're all gonna die and everyone's like oh bard oh (laughs) bard you silly you silly man and then he saves everyone even then even then if they kept that that's kind of a bard too like a soothsayer or like someone who like that's a bard to me but he doesn't have any like um vocal 
uh, cool things about him. You at know, all. that's so interesting. So I, uh, I know basically next to nothing about D and D. What? I know, I know, it's blasphemous. Wait, what? I know it's I would blasphemous. Love to play with you? Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my gosh, it'd be so fun. Um, but I think it is kind of funny how. Yeah, D&D has such a foundation in Tolkien and the things that he wrote, but he has a character named Bard who is just the opposite of what... Because obviously, you know, Tolkien mm. wrote wrote these books before the idea of anything related to D&D, you know? Mm. So, like, he wasn't writing a character Bard to be a Bard. Um, so, I don't know. That's That's just, like, really funny that it's the total opposite it's like the one thing that has no basis the one thing from D that has no basis from from tolkien <laughs> which is so weird because like D D is like it is the like lord of the rings is the arch text in like so mm-hmm. many ways that like we don't even think about like the way we think about orcs and even when the movies came out it like even cemented that even harder in a ways that we are like still feeling to this day in a weird way like um i don't know if you watched like critical role like someone had an, a half orc that was like kind of pretty and that was like almost like wait what orcs can be pretty what in a weird way like because through lord of the rings and through these hobbit films these orcs are ugly they're like barbaric yeah they're and, monsters yeah yeah monsters in a weird, weird way because like it's also rooted in racism with the whole like uh, the Mongol thing and all that yeah. stuff. I mean, you've already talked about that before, but it's weird. Yeah. Um. It there's there's so many there's just so many things <laughs> to, to, to talk about related to that. But yeah, you're exactly right that like there are all these things that Tolkien the things that like Tolkien created that still today have this lasting effect. Which is why, dear listeners, um, I I. You know, I read every single one of the listener surveys and every now and then there was one that was like, you get too political. And I'm like, that's because the things that Tolkien wrote. Also, first of all, I don't think that arguing for the sake of like basic human rights is political. No offense, people. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, sorry, I want my fellow humans to live suitable lives where they can (laughs) live happily on their own and, you know, not have people bugging them about dumb shire. That doesn't matter. (laughs) Anyway, what was I even saying? Just that, yeah, it's, it really is crazy how Tolkien created something that had such a lasting effect. And so that's why I do think it is important to every now and then, you, you know, like you mentioned with the orcs having those like roots in racism to bring those up because it's still happening to, you know, that it's still something that people talk about today in the ways that they play D&D and like how many D&D podcasts are there out there, you know? So like people are still Too doing many. it. It's still a very <laughs> active thing that people are into so i think that's why it's important to bring those things up you know it's weird though what that dwarves have remained exactly the same like they're almost like zero change in a weird way like some people have like like the same like i kind of redone orcs a little bit but dwarves have been to me at least the exact same as tolkien dwarves you know every other dwarf has like maybe a scottish accent they have beards, they carry axes, like it is baked in in such a weird way that hasn't been changed or challenged. I don't think I've seen anybody challenge it or even like do like a cool thing of like maybe a magical dwarf. I haven't seen it, but it's weirdly stayed the same. 
That's cool that some people are like still recognizing like, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why I love dwarves so much. Like, it's hard sometimes. Wait, am I talking too much about Dungeons and Dragons? I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, no. Well, that's the thing is that like, I know that a lot of my listeners know exactly what you're talking about. So I'm not (laughs) worried about it at all. It's like, I like when I'm a dungeon mastering, I love when people have goals for their characters, you know, and have a drive. And every time someone plays a dwarf and what what I've experienced is they dwarves always have that drive to reclaim your kingdom, restore your honor. Everyone plays dwarves in a way and it makes the story so much better when characters have like individual goals and wants and needs and like such a lovely way and that's why i love dwarves even more (laughs) this is a dwarf fan podcast hell yeah (laughs) i i wish i could say all of those lovely things about these dwarves having individual goals and wants and needs Uh, and personalities (laughs) and uh, I know nothing. I know next to nothing about. I would say half of the dwarves in this mo- in this trilogy. Yeah, there's like that's that's what you ma- get. Yeah, there's thirteen of them. I was rewatching it, and like there was this scene. I think they're like climbing like a mountain or something, and you could see all of them. And four of them are back at Lake Town. But I was like, wow, that's a lot of dwarves. Wait, that's that's it's not even, not even all, all of them. them. Yeah. <laughs> what? Are yeah, you kidding me? It still looks like a lot. Yeah, you forget like how many there are. Yeah. How many oh, are there? Thirty <laughs> <laughs> six. <laughs> Is this a Harry Potter anyway. podcast though? Anyway, oh. <laughs> um so we yeah, cut, that's right. Cut to Bard and he has the the blade that will eventually spoiler alert pierce Smaug. He and his son Bane are sneaking around town trying to get to the I forget what it's called. It has like some military name. I'm terrible at this. Uh, whenever because Tolkien, yeah. Tolkien, like when he was ri- like writing the books and stuff, will use like he's very like tactical, obviously, because he had like mm-hmm. been through war in like describing battles and like the mechanics of it. And so whatever this like watchtower thing is mm, that yeah. has the and again, I don't know what it's called. It's just like a giant bow <laughs> for the giant arrow spear. Like, it's I not a ca- it's not a catapult. Um, I don't know you what should any- look it up. Uh, no, I I like I like <laughs> making my listeners <laughs> mad at me because I don't know technical, you know, war terminology. Anywho, he's like Bane. Um, you go up to that tower, and I'll meet you there. Ball, and so. They start sneaking around, and then for reasons that I don't understand, um, the, like, I guess, police of Lake Town, (laughs) the sheriff's guard, whatever, um, start coming after Bard, and they, uh, after a little bit of a foot chase where Bard's kind of, like, showing them up, he's, like, hopping around on boats, and then they're, like, falling Mm -hmm. in the water, um, and then, of course, Alfred trips him. Alfred, literally the most terrible character ever and like not even in a like watching lord of the rings and seeing scenes with worm tongue like yes it's a gross character that makes you cringe but like it's a very like interesting cool part of the story alfred serves no purpose (laughs) other than to just annoy you and i really 
For the life of me, I don't know why they decided to invent this character because he is not in The Hobbit at all. Oh. They just were okay. like, we're going to add this terrible character who has no moral backbone whatsoever. Really? Yeah. That kind of surprises me because to me, Lake Town is foreshadowing what Thorin will become. And like the the way that the king Ooh, oh, the values way that, like, the, his gold. Yes. And like, right. yes. yes, like the, the master. Yeah. So in the book, the master, who is the mayor of the town, kind of has more of these kind of takes the place of more of these moments where of Alfred, where like he's the one who like he he switches sides after smaug attacks lake town he does not die (laughs) and he like survives (laughs) he's very quick to be like bard i knew you could do it like don't we all love bard (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. trying to like appease the people and get back on you know get back in their good graces and just so like he does kind of which which is why I don't get why they I guess they couldn't maybe it was just that like they had already booked Stephen Fry for the role of <laughs> the master but they couldn't get him for the full time that they wanted that character mm. and so they're like we'll write in another side character that will be there to I don't know cause more trouble <laughs> I don't <laughs> like I I get it because he's I think they wanted another worm tongue and that's what yeah. Like, I guess what hurts these movies is when they try to be Lord of the Rings. Yes. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I completely agree with you. And there's there's not the, I guess, nuance of Worm Tongue and like how the sneakiness yes. and connivingness, it's, which is ultimately resolved when uh, the King of Rohan takes his throne back and throws out Worm Tongue. There's none of that really. So we're, as an audience member, I'm just kind of like left. I, I watched a little bit of the third movie. It's like, because I needed to satisfy myself because yeah. the cliffhanger, you know, oh, I was yeah. like, I have to know what happens, you know? But there's none of that with Alfred in a weird way, which makes it, like, it bugs me a little bit. I know. You know. Yeah, I can't even remember exactly what happens to him. I think he maybe like either he runs off or he gets eaten by a troll. I can't remember, but like something. He like yeah. dresses in a dress or something, you know. He's obnoxious. So anyway, yeah, Alfred <laughs> Alfred trips Bard as he's like just about to get away. And they're like, "We're arresting you by order." And he's like, "Arresting me for what?" And he says, "By order <laughs> like for by because the master said so." And I was like, "No, but actually like why what is the reasoning?" For why they're like, I think I, I I must have I maybe totally missed that of like what, but like actually why are they arresting him? Why mm. why why is this happening other than to other than to like add in another obstacle when Smaug comes to attack the town? Like what's going on here? <laughs> so my my best guess, I'm not defending Peter Jackson, but my best guess is that. When Thorin kind of heists up the town, like, we will, like, we are a town together, and gives that speech to Lake Town. Bard is the only one who's like, a dragon's coming. Everyone, like, calm the f*** down. We should not be supporting this. And I guess in the Lake Town, the master of Lake Town support of Thorin, Bard is a dissenting voice, so therefore he has to be arrested. Okay. That's my best guess, but... In the moment, it's very hard to discern why he's being arrested. Yeah, because the the main thing is that like a lot has happened since um like since that scene or like since we saw the master talking to Alfred about you know Bard and because there was a scene earlier where 
um, Alfred was like, oh, I think there, you know, there's a troublemaker in the town. I think it's that bard. But they Mm -hmm. never act upon that. And so I guess this is them acting upon it. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They uh, arrest bard and, you know, take him away. Um, or actually, no, they knock him out. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> they knock him out. Um, we go back. There's going to be fair warning. And for this episode, there's going to be a lot of, okay, and then we go back to this. We go back to this um, to the mm-hmm. point where, so it, when I'm writing, when I'm taking my notes, I try my best to like separate them and then label like the name of the scene and be like, okay, this is Mirkwood. This is, you know, inside inside the castle of, of Mirkwood. Like, this is the barrel scenes. Um, but it was getting to a point where I just gave up of keeping track of, like, <laughs> trying to label these scenes because it kept going back and forth between, like, you know, okay, so we go so we go back to the mountain and Balin and Thorin are talking and they're worried that Bilbo has been inside for so long um, and they can hear like the rumblings of Smaug um, and Balance like we need to go in and help him and Thorne's like give him a couple more minutes and Balance like I was worried about this like I can't believe that you would put the treasure above the life of Bilbo we need to go save him and Thorne's um, already being affected by the sickness uh, the dra- mm. dragon sickness or treasure treasure sickness, whatever you want to call it. Um, and yeah, so Balin's like, I was worried about this. Like this effect, like this sickness affected your father and your grandfather. It's going to affect you. And, and I'm like, well, if you were so worried, then why did we come here? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that scene is probably, in my opinion, the most important scene in all the whole trilogy. That really, a Balan Thorn talking, yeah. Yes, because I feel like that's the essential question, or like the central theme that like that hinges on this whole trilogy, and that this I, I might have a hard time explaining this in my head. It's like the balance between culture versus legacy. Thorin and the company succeed when they are themselves and they embrace their dwarven culture and they embrace the truths about themselves. But they fail when Thorne thinks he has to uphold his legacy. He's oh. like, in a way, you know, like. That's so beautifully put. <laughs> and then, like, if we look back um, specifically about this movie, so, like, the Elf King was not going to have them locked up for thousands of years. But when Thorne has to rely on the legacy of, like, this is what Dorvis is about, this is the agreement that we yes. had. Yes. F you, F you, this, he fails. You know what I mean? But when he's talking in Lake Town about what these dwarves stand for, what community means, and how that is helpful and how we'll all share in that wealth, they succeed. You know what I mean? And like that's I think that's the yeah. most important element of this movie. Yeah, and it's so it's also so interesting too, because when Thorin is giving that speech in Lake Town, I I want to believe that he is fully like in that moment he's intending to come through on his word where he's saying like we will share in the wealth and we were all we will um be prosperous once again and this will be a thriving um city of trade like it once was and we will all um prosper together and like I want to believe that he's fully intending to fulfill that promise to Lake Town and then later in Battle of Five Armies we see him go back on that 
um, go back on his word because he's been, you know, affected by whatever magic, um, which they, I don't think they ever fully explained. It was my under, now that I'm thinking about it, it was my understanding that Smaug put this like sickness and curse on the treasure. But what's his name? Thorin's grandfather was already like driven kind of mad by the treasure before the dragon attacked. So never Mm. mind. There goes that theory. (laughs) No, like I really, obviously not a writer on this movie, but I, I think it works better when it's not magical. If we look at like in the third movie, when he has all the dwarven armor and stuff like that, and he's standing above the elf king and bard and talking bad about them spoilers for the battle of five armies like he is covered in legacy and dwarven legacy and what the kings should have wanted and what the kings before him should have gotten he loses this what dwarves are about now or the culture he loses that and to have it be something magical or some kind of sickness robs the character of that complexity in such a weird way like dragon sickness is a good way of explaining it but i just mm-hmm. wish it wasn't like magical at all like, yeah what, you know i totally get i i totally get what you mean because it's also not really fully explained in the book either like what this is and in the movies they really expanded on this idea of like dragon sickness or treasure sickness they like really really harped on that from the book where like it's really not that big of a deal in the book but whatever um and like even if they had just kept it to be like you know just plain old greed that would have been fine Mm -hmm. um shoot what was i gonna say something about the track oh yeah and the other thing that i think also robs thorin of some of those complexities as well is that they really escalate this sickness in a way that I I really wish they had just done it a lot more slowly and subtly rather than like all of a sudden he's very greedy and lustful over this treasure. Like like Balan says, like, there's a sickness on that treasure and I see it in your eyes too. And it's as soon as he mentions it that all of a sudden it's really strong and I wish it had been a lot more gradual rather than like it all of a sudden has this effect on him and we could have seen like thorin slow like uh, like us slowly losing those bits of thorin that we could recognize as he's like turning into this other thorin who who turns into how he is in battle of five armies let's see so we go inside the mountain now bilbo and smaug are still having a chat uh and smaug says smaug's like i know what you're here for you're here for the arkenstone and Bilbo's like, what do you mean? What Arkenstone? I'm like, Bilbo, you're a terrible liar. You've been openly chasing the Arkenstone <laughs> throughout all of these scenes. He's literally chasing after the Arkenstone right in front of Smaug. <laughs> like, Smaug Which, isn't dumb. <laughs> question. Like, when Bilbo puts on the ring, he can understand the spiders, right? But yes. when he puts on, is, is Smaug technically an evil creature? I guess not. That's a good point that, like, he is a creature of darkness, but, but he, he speaks English anyway, so we can understand yeah. him. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. I have no clue. Um, it could be that like Smaug is meant to be a, a creature of intelligence. Mm, um, okay. I don't know. Um, it also probably has something to do with like, oh well, the spiders and the orcs and everything are born out of. Um, like the darkness in Mordor and like Sauron's mm. darkness 
whereas Smaug wasn't. I'm assuming that's a bold assumption. I have no clue if like those two are connected at all. Um, but oh, and also speak. It's almost like I'm a good podcast host. Speaking of this, like <laughs> growing, you know, Mordor and Sauron and this darkness, Smaug also brings up. He's like go ahead and take the Arkenstone like it doesn't matter um, because soon like there is a growing darkness and soon it will meet you head on um, and so I kind of like how they have connect for in the movies they have connected Smaug with this whole other like thing that right now is it's just so funny to think that like everything that's happening with like Gandalf and the necromancer slash Sauron like that's a very minor subplot in these movies Mm -hmm. and then that turns into like no this is the whole story (laughs) for Lord of the Rings (laughs) very minor very minor in a weird way that like so minor like I kept thinking as I'm watching this movie like why is this so long why is this almost three hours long like, I wouldn't cut, I, I didn't even keep the Tariel stuff, because I like Tariel and all that. But, like, I'm thinking, oh, Gandalf, that could have been yeah. cut, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, so s- it, yeah. Speaking of Gandalf, then, as Smaug is talking about this, this growing darkness, we cut to Gandalf, who is trapped in a cage that's dangling over a cliff whatever and i literally went was like oh right gandalf you're you're here you're here every single time the main story cuts away to gandalf i'm like oh right bro you're here too i forgot about you (laughs) like for me it would have been like if gandalf left and then we just never heard from it that would have been more powerful when we see him again you know that's exactly how it goes in the book. Gandalf, <sighs> of he course. leaves them. He leaves them outside of Mirkwood. He's like, y'all have fun in there. I have to go do <laughs> something else. And they're like, what? And he's like, it- it's just, don't worry about it. <laughs> like, don't worry about it. It's just, I think he says, like, I have business to attend to. I don't know, whatever. Every now and then the narrator makes a reference to to Gandalf because sometimes Bilbo would be like, oh, I wish Gandalf were here. And then the narrator would be like, but Gandalf was not there. Gandalf was doing his <laughs> own thing, which um, Gandalf was halfway through his side of this story. But that's not important right now because that doesn't, like, <laughs> His story doesn't have any effect on this story, so you're never going to learn about it here. He shows up when Bilbo goes to give the Arkenstone to Bard and everyone to to make that exchange. And then Gandalf is there, and he literally, it's like, there was, Bilbo saw an old man in a cloak, and then, like, Gandalf pops up and is like, hi, Bilbo, what you didn't... <laughs> like where have you been <laughs> we, <laughs> we have almost died twenty thousand times over and we're about to start a war because thorin's gone crazy and there's a treasure and oh my god the dragon <laughs> you did not tell us how to handle the dragon so that's literally exactly how it goes down he disappears and then he shows back up again and, and then i think later at the towards the end he's like Oh yes, I was dealing with someone called a necromancer. But Ugh, okay. <laughs> it's like I think we've solved that for now, but I think it's also safe to say we haven't seen the last of him. And then like that's all hmm. you really hear about what he was up to. Hmm, interesting. So how different do you think the quest would have gone if Gandalf was there? Oh my god. 
How different uh, okay. do you think it would have been? I feel like they, they would have made it through Mirkwood, no problem. Mm-hmm. They would have stayed on the path. Um, I should I should also add that in the book, they make the active decision to leave the path rather than in the movie, they kind of like lose ah, it. Okay. Um, but so I think they would have stayed on the path. Gandalf would have been like, calm down, everyone. Let's just keep going. <laughs> they would have made it through the woods. I guess they still would have had like the issue of like when they get in the mountain, like what do we do in terms of Smaug? So I don't know about that, but I think if Gandalf had been there at the start, he maybe would have like been able to help bring Thorin back from the brink and then prevent an all out war. <laughs> really? Huh, yeah. Okay. But okay. I suppose all of the wargs and goblins and everything still would have shown up to to mm-hmm. fight no matter what. So there still would have been a battle, but I don't think it would have been like, like the elves are here to take the treasure and the men are here to take the treasure and the dwarves aren't giving you any treasure. You know, I don't think any of that would have happened. So I think they they definitely still would have had some, you know, trials and tribulations, but (laughs) I think it would have been a lot smoother going if Gandalf had stayed with them. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because I think it would have been harder I feel like it would have been way harder really? if they had Gandalf there. Okay, what's your what's your reasoning behind that? What would have happened in that Look, situation? I love Gandalf. I love him. He's such a great character. But there's some times where I'm watching these movies, I'm like, Gandalf, do something. Like, yeah. you're so powerful. Do yeah. something. Yeah. Like, and then the fact that if he would have been there, I feel like he wouldn't have done that much, you know? Because it's Gandalf in a weird way. He doesn't like turn on his super mega wizard powers very often but when he does it's amazing like i feel like we would have had a um what's it called uh, a balrog situation with smog where he would sacrifice himself he's like oh time to put on the wizard like powers and actually do something for once and he would have perished like that's my probable guess what okay happen. you so you think yeah. gandalf would have tried to take smog head on probably he would have been like Get Bilbo would done his little thing, and he's like, "Oh, it's Bilbo's taking forever." Oh, I'll go check on him. He's about to get eaten. Gandalf is like, "You shall not pet." And I think it would have happened earlier or something. And then he would have like, and the whole thing would have exploded. And they're like, "No, Gandalf!" And then I think that's what happened. But I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, I wonder how a Smaug v Gandalf the Gray fight would have gone you're very yeah, yeah that's very because interesting he, when he was facing the orcs he had that magic like light orb that was really cool and stuff but like come on gandalf do something i know, you know? right i know um my theory is that like his his magic has to charge up so mm. whenever he does a huge like magic thing he has to you know give himself uh, uh, some more time in between magic tricks <laughs> oh you're talking about he a, can he can yeah. you know do something again in Duds and dragon that's called a long rest <laughs> oh okay okay yes it's like a weird thing like Dungeons and dragons is based on this weird thing like this fancy and magic thing that's really weird like it's like a spell slot system. Like it's kind of like a gun. Spells are like bullets, and you only have so many slots to put them in that bullet. It's like a weird thing, you know. Oh, that's but so I fun. Doubt. Yeah, it's really weird. But we should play D and D sometime. 
like we should i'll tell i'll tell you all about it later <laughs> oh my gosh um so yeah while gandalf is being trapped at i think they're in dol Guldur, um he sees this huge army of orcs leaving and heading out for presumably you know the mountain um and i kind of feel like this is Again, another moment where maybe they're trying to be Lord of the Rings, where in yeah. Two Towers we have this like surprise giant orc army from Saruman, and I feel like they they were like, "Let's do it again." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's not that that scene isn't beautiful and amazing and super scary. It's just like that to me doesn't answer any of the central questions or any of the central themes of the movie. Like I care about what I care I care about the relationship between Bilbo and Thorin. Mm-hmm. That's like that's why I really care about. So who cares if there's like a billion orcs riding up to God knows whatever. Yeah, you know? my my thing is also very much like I don't need to see what the orcs are up to. Like every not that they spend too much time when they do this, but there are a lot of moments where they cut away and they show like Bolg talking and like giving <laughs> orders. And then like, we see like the orcs sneaking around in Lake Town uh, before we even go back to like the dwarves that are in Lake Town, you know? And I'm like, I don't need to, I don't need the context of like, what are the orcs up to? You know, like, I'm just going to assume that the orcs are tracking the dwarves somehow, you know, like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't need to know what they're up to i don't need to see their side of things Mm -hmm. i get it i get they look cool and they're really nice and they're really well animated but at the same time i'm like where if they're this big and they're this bad why don't they win all the time you know what i mean like it it's really weird to me because sometimes you have you have some elves show up out of nowhere and <laughs> and beat them up, you know. Then we go back to the mountain. See what I mean about like we go we we go back to those. So we go back to the mountain, and Smaug is saying talking about like Thorin and the the dwarves, and is like, I see what's happened here. Like the dwarves have tricked you into doing their deeds, and the Arkenstone is just going to drive him mad. And he's like, I'd almost rather you take it anyway. I'd love to see it drive Thor and Oakenshield insane. And Bilbo's like, no, that's not true. And it's like, it's a little bit true. It's a little bit true. <laughs> I had the same thought. Smaug like, is like, do you think he would value your life at all above this stone? And Bilbo's like, you're wrong. And it's like, no, they literally, there was a scene literally just before this one where Thorin was like, yeah, no, I value all of that treasure above Bilbo's life. He does, I, and he doesn't even Oof. say Bilbo. He says the burglar, and Balin Oof. has to. Balin, Balin says Bilbo. His name is Bilbo. Oh my gosh, that's why Balin. See, Balin is so. He's such a good character. He has like a really good like what's it like a really good hit ratio when he talks. Nothing but hits. That's like, true. You know, yeah. When he's on yeah. screen, perfect execution. Mm-hmm. But he's not on screen too much. It's mwah, chef's kiss. It's just, yeah, quality versus quantity in terms of his lines. Yeah. And his moments, mm-hmm. maybe. Mm-hmm. In the end, do you think Smog was right that Bilbo was just a means to an end? I mean, 
<laughs> the thing is, is that he's not, he's really not wrong. I mean, I think, you know, it started out that way, sure. And mm. and the dwarves did come to value and, you know, care about Bilbo as a person. But like when all is said and done, like Bilbo was kind of just a mean, he, they hired him for this purpose and he did it and they, you know, got what they wanted. So like in that sense, Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay. 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 Oh, I see how it is. Look, I don't have a lot of super positive feelings about like the dwarves and their relationship with Bilbo because in the books they were kind of mean to him for a while, (laughs) and especially Thorin. Thorin, he like didn't say anything nice to Bilbo until he was dying. basically wow Um, and then like there also just wasn't a lot um there weren't a lot of moments for like characterization with the dwarves in the book so the movies made them a lot more empathetic or sympathetic i never know how to like correctly use either of those (laughs) words but like you know what i mean where like you the dwarves are more they're more three-dimensional than they were in in the books, but that's still not saying too much because we don't know a lot about most of them. And like, there's mm-hmm. one who has an, uh, an earpiece, and I don't know what his name is. Who knows? But <laughs> but he has I, an earpiece. <laughs> so, are if the in the book the dwarves aren't really characterized? Did it upset you when a lot of the dwarves weren't characterized in the movie? Or do you think it's loyal to the source material? No, I didn't I didn't mind that like, oh, we're going to add some characterization to the dwarves because like, of course you're going to do that. And that's also a lot easier to do in a visual medium where like, okay, you can make them look different and you can have them like in the background doing like funny things or something or exchanging mm-hmm. like one line between each other. But I also understand that like, we would have had five movies if they gave tons of screen time to each of the 13 <laughs> dwarves, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Which so. I love them so much. They're all so distinctive. I love, like, I don't know their names, but I can be like, oh. <laughs> I know. That's, that's the- the- Yeah, I'm like, oh, okay, you're the Gloin. Actually, no, I do know his name. <laughs> Because he he looks Gimli's like, Gimli, dead. But like yeah like yeah I know like their personalities sort of but I don't mm-hmm. necessarily know their names for a while Bofer was just floppy hat dwarf because <laughs> I couldn't I didn't know what his name was I was like I, I had a hard time I was like yeah. I don't I don't know what his name I have no clue what his name is but he's a very fun dwarf I enjoy him <laughs> oh but like I could keep it straight I was like I'm watching I'm like there's Thorin. And then there's Balin, the old dwarf. Yeah, the old and one. And then there's Weapons Dwarf, who's kind yeah, of I was gonna second. Say, there's the bald and, one. Yeah. Yes. And then there's um there's good looking one. Keely. And his brother. Keely. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's fat one. Bomber. Bomber. And then there's earpiece one. Don't know him. <laughs> and then there's um hat one. One with the hat. Bofer. And then there's the There's one that does a bun- that does navigation. Really? When does like he do in navigation? the like in the woods, yeah. Thorin's like, blah blah blah, take the lead or whatever, like find mm. the path. And then also when they find the door, and then yeah, mm-hmm. there's the one there's one that like taps a spoon on the oh, yeah. door. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Because that spoon's gonna go right through rock. And then there's Gimli's there's Gimli's dad. dad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're still probably oh i know that there's there's one who is distinguished by the king goblin in the first one as being the youngest 
Which don't know that? what his name. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> what does he look like? What does he look like? He looks like a dwarf. I don't know. He's one of he the He looks ones like who, a dwarf. <laughs> he he's like one of the smaller ones. <laughs> I am seeing him exactly. I think he has brown hair, like brownish hair. Brownish. That doesn't help. So many of them have brown oh, hair. Oh <laughs> god. They, wait, there's the one that dies in fellowship where they find his body. I know that one. What are you talking about? None of them die. Yeah, wait, okay. I, I might be wrong. I'm <laughs> probably wrong. None of these wrong. dwarves die until the end of Battle of Five Armies. Like, okay, I oh, might oh, be wrong. Oh, sorry, almost, sorry. There's one Fellowship. that dies. Yeah, and he, they go to the Mines of Moria. That's Balin. Moria, yeah. I know that one. That's so. Balin's tomb. <laughs> so, ha, I know more than cool. I thought so I did. We- <laughs> So, uh, inside the mountain, uh, yeah, where they're talking, that's right, Smaug is telling Bilbo, like, you mean nothing to Thorin, and Bilbo's like, that's not true, but in the moment, it's a little bit true. Um, And then we get a great shot of, as, like, Smaug is moving, Bilbo sees the missing scale, and he's, under his breath, he's like, so the arrow did find its mark. And so we do see that there there is a chance, there's a little bit of hope, people, <laughs> that he could be defeated. Right as he's, like, looking at it and having this realization, Smaug is like, well, enough of that, time to eat you. Um, <laughs> so he goes to, like, charge at Bilbo, and then Bilbo puts the ring on, and Smaug is like, what? Here's the thing, though, here's the thing. This is what annoys me. <laughs> Putting the ring on doesn't change his physical location, like, if Smaug was going in mm. to, like, take a bite, to, like, chomp at him, Bilbo would still be standing there. He mm. He's just invisible, you know? And this is what happened at the end of Fellowship when Boromir attacked Frodo and was trying to get the ring. And Frodo puts the ring on. And Bilbo, uh, Boromir just, like, lets go of him. And it's like, where do you go? And it's like, you were, like, <laughs> you were holding on to Frodo when he put the ring on. That doesn't mm. make him non-corporeal. Really? You know? Okay, like, he's just, so, invi- he's just yes. invisible. He's still a physical being. You just can't see him. It's a okay. really minor thing to be ticked off about, but... <laughs> so, I always read it. You are the Lord of the Rings expert, so tell me I'm not if I'm an, wrong. I'm not an expert by any means. <laughs> yeah, you are. What are you talking about? So, I always read it is when you put the ring on, you are not invisible, you go to a plane, I'm talking, I guess, a different demiplane. I see Dungeons what you Dragons, mean. In that you are not like, yes, we cannot see you. And yes, you are slightly there. But you enter another plane on top of this, kind of like the upside down in a weird way. It's funny that- you say that because that's what I referred to whenever they go into ring mode. And they yeah. like everything gets hazy and stuff. I would refer to it as the upside down. Yeah, and so, like, when he puts that on, to me, that explains because Smog can smell him. That's why Smog can't smell him, and that's why, I guess, he kind of can move out the way and really quickly before Smog chomps him. Okay. But you're the expert. I, no, no, that's a great, no, that's, like, a really cool, interesting way of looking at it that I don't, I don't think that's necessarily, I don't think that's wrong at all. I'm sure and like so some, I'm sure yeah. some like Tolkien scholar <laughs> out there is like, no, that's totally wrong. <laughs> Probably. But I think that's a really great 
way to to view it of like them being and it may like it checks out because they go into whoever puts the ring on goes into like that other world yeah the upside down of like you can hear the speech of the black creatures and everything and that's why creatures that aren't from this world uh, it's been a while since i've seen fellowship when bill when frodo puts on the ring and then i think the nazgul can still see him or like right yeah creatures not from this world can still see them yeah, because they're kind of because the Nazgul are in I think like a kind of limbo area where the they're not fully dead and they're not fully alive because they're mm. they're originally nine mortal men who are corrupted by the ring and like transformed into like these evil beings, but they didn't mm-hmm. like the original nine men didn't die and then come back to life as Nazgul or anything. They were like transformed into these creatures. Mm -hmm. So I think that totally, I think that's like a really, really cool, like new lens to think, to look at this through. I'm sure there's like a listener yelling in that No, don't play that down. Don't play that down. That was really cool. That was really good. You know, because that's like how I read it. But who knows? Who knows? So uh, I like how Smaug, like his fire, you can see it building up inside his chest and like glowing from the inside before it like uh, goes like out his mouth. Um, And it like, because right now, He's not really, or I guess up until now, he's not really that like red dragon that I think I was necessarily envisioning. He gets to be that way when he's glowing with this fire. Um, mm. Where like it's more when he doesn't when he doesn't have fire, it's a lot more like subdued. It's a more like subdued red. But when he has that extra glow inside of the fire, adding that like really vibrant glowing effect to him. Um, and to his scales and his body is really cool. I've always wondered what the science is behind this. I know dragons aren't real, but I'm always wondering, like, is smog, like, projectiling, like, his, like, spit or whatever? Yeah, is it, like, stomach acid? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> that is yeah. flammable. I don't know. Or is he releasing a gas that ignites the air? Yeah, you know what so, I mean? So, I don't, oh shoot, I don't think I saved it. I usually, I'll, I'll like transfer trivia from like IMDb to my notes. But there is, there was something I read that the designers decided that Smaug's fire was fuel-based as opposed to uh, magical uh. fire. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that means it does have to like build up inside him and like maybe it comes alive from like his life, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But because when I when I look at when I think about Game of Thrones dragons, the 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 fire ignites from the I don't know, from like I guess the back of the throat. You from can their see mouth, it like, yeah. Yeah, it like comes out from their mouth. The smog comes from his like his tummy. I guess you know? or maybe or maybe a better I bet a I think a better way to think of it is it comes from his like it's his actual breath. Like it uh, comes like it's coming from his lungs and his chest. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. as he's like breathing it in and then breathing it out. Um as opposed to like it just um sourcing inside his mouth yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) um and so bilbo goes running off he's invisible and i like this little i think it's really fun whenever there are the moments of like he's invisible 
but you see you can still see him because like he's going up these stairs and there are like coins clattering in his steps and i like those moments of like whenever people are when in movies whenever people are invisible but you see them from the outside perspective and then like you know all of a sudden like harry's walking through the candy shop and then neville's lollipop just gets taken out of his hands how rude on harry's part i know right so many (laughs) (laughs) of all the candy to take and of all the people to take the candy from he takes neville like really he's already had a hard time man like like, i find i find that like really amusing and fun um i think it i think it happens in fellowship after bilbo like leaves the party and i think you see the gate to his house open Mm. as he's like walking into his house invisible anywho we go back to (laughs) lake town um and now the orcs are attacking and like sigrid and Tilda, those are their names. I couldn't remember the name of the the names of the two little girls. Um, is looking outside, and then all of a sudden, one of them like attacks, and they go inside the house, and the kids like hold their own for pretty like a pretty decent amount of time, and they're like they're not. Sometimes when you add kids into a story, especially like an action movie or a fa- you know. Sometimes they just get in the way and you're like, you're annoying. This is <laughs> terrible. What? Whatever. Really? Oh, no. Someti- I love Look, I'm just saying are. sometimes, sometimes. But I have never gotten that from these kids, um, mm. at, at least up until this point in the movie. I don't think it ever really happens, actually, in five battle of five armies anyway um or either um but like they never they never get in the way like you never feel like oh my god you're just dragging you know barred down or like you're endangering the life of like legolas or or whoever like they do a pretty good job of like protecting themselves from the orcs and like using the resources in their house they're like battling the orcs with a bench (laughs) and then the (laughs) um other dwarves who are inside try, you know, also, like, join in the fight. Um, and then all of a sudden, like, just more orcs keep coming and, like, they come down from, like, inside the roof and, and you know, whatever. And then, guys, it's the elves. And this was a moment kind of like with Gandalf where I was like, oh, right, there are elves in this movie. <laughs> um, and Tariel pops up in the door and she kind of stands there and like looks around for a minute and then goes into action and then legless pops down through the roof of course <laughs> yeah like they are legless is the f- terminator are you kidding oh me my He's so terrifying. in a way that I- i've said in previous episodes in a way that like it doesn't really connect with how he is in the Lord of the Rings movies. But yeah, really? he's yeah, he's a very different person. And like I get that, you know, a certain amount of time passes, but I think it would have made more sense if like cuz he's younger here. I think it would have made more sense mm-hmm. if he was like younger and new to the world and more naive or whatever. And then in Lord of the Rings we see him and he's a lot more he's more like how he was in The Hobbit where he's more jaded by the world because he's seen more things or something but like he Really? Yeah, yeah. I think okay. I think he's so he's so serious in these movies in a way that he is not serious. And well, I should say Legolas is like he's always serious, you know. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. we can tell when, like, okay, this is him being playful. I guess. 
Mm, I think it checks out for me because it goes back to the central theme of legacy. Like when and when Legolas is <laughs> Legolas and Legacy. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. When he is in the state, he is directly under his father. He is like, This is what my culture is. This is what I have to do. I have to find a nice elf woman that's a lowly sylvan girl but that's beside the point you know like this is what i have to do and uh, to me he comes into his own when he's around other people he's around a dwarf for the first time he gets to know them that's that's what i read it as you know okay what about you? that's a, no that's a really cool no that's a that's a great interpretation as well and a great way mm-hmm. to look at it i still think he's way too serious here <laughs> he's very serious he's like over he's also i think he's a better because obviously like they wouldn't have they wouldn't have known that what they would do with legolas's character in a future hobbit movie or whatever but like i think he is a better stronger fighter in the hobbit movies than he is in the lord of the rings Mm. movies and like we, we see him you know obviously like get better as he does like cooler and cooler things you know uh-huh, yeah <laughs> Um, but, uh, and like you see him improve upon his fighting skills, but he is like immediately, like he hits the ground running in the Hobbit movies where like he's immediately, you know, zero to 60 with, with all of these battles. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a situation where Legolas could use his like superpowers in the original trilogy. Maybe... In the mines of Moria, like, probably that would have been helpful if you could like scale a bunch of rocks as they're falling. Oh, oh or, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. Like he's doing way too much parkour <laughs> in these <laughs> movies, in a, like, and he does not do enough parkour in the first movies <laughs> to, to make it make sense. Maybe, maybe yeah. he got older, so he's he's a little more True. he's a little more slow moving. <laughs> <laughs> By the time like, it gets to Lord of the Rings. Out. Yeah. But I, I I think there's this scene in when the Two Towers when he's talking to uh, Aragorn. He's like, these people are gonna die. Are you kidding me? Like this, like to if I if I have to like rationalize it in my head, Legolas can get through that, but little farmer oh, boy yeah. can't, you know? Oh, like, yeah, hundred percent. I think he's aware of that too. But he, because he's faced orcs in the hobbit and how deadly they can be and how like dangerous they can be he knows that little farmer boy timmy is deader than a doornail (laughs) i'm just laughing because it's my favorite joke ever about about that scene of like imagine you're you know one of these random people from rohan that you know you're putting on a helmet that like someone just <laughs> pulled off of a dead body somewhere and like you're mm-hmm. gra- you're grabbing a rusty sword off of a wall and you hear these two people in the background they're talking in elvish and then all of a sudden you hear then i shall die as one of them oh, oh okay <laughs> what what now what i didn't know we were dying no one said anything about dying <laughs> oh come on they they knew oh, they yeah. knew like oh this is not good at all they oh, knew come God. on so like funny. 
like if you were a little farmer board, little farmer boy, Timmy, what would you do? If like, all right, take this like rusty helmet, rusty sword. Would you join Aragorn? I mean, fight? I don't think that I don't think they gave farmer boy Timmy whatever Tommy <laughs> whatever you've been calling him. I don't think they gave him much of a choice. There, there were literally in that situation. They were like any boy older than five years old. <laughs> That's Come what they had to do. Out. Yeah. Oh, it's pretty rough. I need to talk about that That's movie forever. That's- Look, mm. I would just. You know, I don't know. Would you have rather lived in Rohan during that time period where um, Theoden is being, like, possessed by Saruman um, and then later on have to go fight in the Battle of Helm's Deep? Or would you rather live in Gondor under the rule of Denethor? Ooh. Oh, shoot. They're both awful. (laughs) Right? I was just thinking about that. I was like, I was like, oh man, it's a like those kids in Gondor are sure glad they don't live in Rohan, you know, in that moment when they're not having a battle. And then I was like, oh, but then again, they have Denethor for a ruler. Yeah, I feel as though I could keep a low profile on Gondor. If I don't mess with anyone, I could just do my own thing. But with Rohan, all types of stuff is going wrong all the time. And our head of state is Poor sleepy, sleeping <laughs> at the wheel. Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. You know? Gondor, yeah. Yeah. So, I think I, Gondor I agree all the that. way. I agree with that as well. Um, so how we were talking about like, oh, yeah, Legolas doing all these cool moves or whatever. They had to give him, you know, one more cool move. It had been a while um, <clears throat> while he and Toriel are fighting these orcs. One of them jumps out and like jumps in a boat and I guess is waiting for the other orcs to join them <laughs> so they can paddle away or something. And then yeah. an orc gets tossed out the window and hits the other end of the boat and launches this orc up into the air. And Legolas flings his swords out and decapitates him. And then the head is just standing there stuck in his swords for a minute while the body like drops to the... And then he like flings it up. And... Peter Jackson really chose violence. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it though. I, I, mean, I really it's a, enjoyed it. It's a cool, it's a cool battle moment, but like he did a lot of decapitations in these movies for reasons that Oof. I don't necessarily get. <laughs> I was like, Really? He did, it's a lot like compared to Lord of the Rings. I, I actually well, I, I don't even that, think yeah. I don't even think that there's a single decapitation in Lord of the Rings until and it's an extended edition scene too it's not in the theatrical edition when the mouth of sauron comes out and they Uh, have this conversation at the gate and then aragorn decapitates him and i think and i'm pretty sure i remember like i think that there are no decapitations in lord of the rings except for that one because that one is supposed to really catch you off guard whereas this mm -hmm. one i think I needed to do like a counter. Maybe I'll do another watch through some time and just be like, take a drink every time someone's decapitated. Oh, you're trying to die. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that is where we are actually going to leave this week's episode. So I asked on Twitter and Instagram if you guys like it when I do two parters, if it's something that you would really prefer to just keep down to one episode. And the overwhelming majority 
of you said that you like having two-part episodes and you like being able to hear everything and not have it be cut out or cut down just to fit it into one episode. And that's exactly what I did here. Justin had a lot of really wonderful, insightful things to add about the characters and sharing things I had never even thought about. And then he also knows so much about D&D that even though I'm not into D&D, I know a lot of you guys are, so that you will very much appreciate all that he shares about D&D. So come back next week for more of this wonderful conversation and, yes, the actual end of Desolation of Smaug. That's what I'm talking about as a proud member of WBNE. You can learn more about the network by going to WBNE.org, where you will find all of our shows like Perspective C. What's that? A podcast? Crazy, funky, junky podcast? Do you ever wonder what goes through the minds of the people that watch the last good Disney Channel shows? Or if you can wear skinny jeans and a side part without looking old? Well, then you should check out our podcast, Perspective Z, hosted by us, Katrina and Rachel. We discuss TikTok trends, politics, new co-hosts, hey, and everything in between to give you our perspective as two Gen Z ladies trying to figure out our place in the world. Listen along to hear our thoughts and opinions as Katrina enters the world as a high school grad and Rachel figures out her next steps. So make sure to check out new episodes of Perspective Z every Monday on the WBNE network at WBNE.org or wherever you get your podcasts. Now on Spotify. Toodles! The cover is by Vaishan Brandon. You can support him on Instagram at Vaishan Designs. And Vaishan also just recently designed some new merch for me. So you can go to tpublic.com slash user slash pod to find that merch. It is some wonderfully hobbity autumnal merch. You can get it on a mug. You can get it on a magnet, a sticker, a t-shirt, a crew neck, whatever your heart desires. You can find the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at TolkienAboutPod. Like I said earlier, that's where I posted the polls to vote about whether this episode should be a one-parter or a two-parter. So if you're someone who maybe doesn't like the two-parter episodes, that's where you would have been able to share your input. So make sure to follow on social media for more things like that in the future. You can find me on Twitter at MCWatson up and Instagram at MC Turned Down for what. You can also follow me on TikTok at MC WhatsApp, where I'm currently blowing up for, you guessed it, Aragorn Thirst TikToks. Yep, that's me. You can support the podcast by becoming a patron. Go to patreon.com slash TolkienAboutPod to explore the different tiers and perks that are available. I genuinely appreciate every single person who has decided to support me and become a patron. And I am starting to do a new perk that will be available for all patrons, no matter what level tier you are a part of. And that is going to be a monthly newsletter. And this newsletter will share sneak peeks about what I'm going to cover for the next month, which is going to come very much in handy in the future where I don't have as much of a laid out path anymore after I finish the Hobbit movies. And I will also share the guests that I'm planning to have on for the next month. I'm going to include any of the funny memes that people added in the Facebook group or in Discord or that people sent me. I'll add in any announcements that you may have missed, stuff like that. So again, that'll be something that every patron will get so you can join at any level or you can join the $5 tier to become a sponsor like Christina. Christina, thank you so much for being one of my wonderful sponsors of the podcast. I very much enjoy doing restricted section with you. Um, Listeners, go listen to the restricted section. It is another podcast I am on where we talk about Harry Potter, and it is hosted by the wonderful, wonderful Christina Khan. As always, if you like what you're listening to, please rate and review. Um, It tells the people of Apple Podcasts, hey, this is a podcast you should listen to. And to close out this week's episode, I don't know, um, enjoy fall.
where I am, the weather has finally started to cool down. I say that. Of course, it'll probably be 90 degrees again next week. Um, But the calendar says it's fall as of last week. I think it was on like the 21st. I think it was on Hobbit Day, maybe, that the first day of fall officially started. So, um, yeah, happy fall, y'all. And that's what I'm talking about. <laughs>